everyone. Um, welcome to this month's edition of the Clinical Podcast. This month, we do have something a little bit different in offering. So we are focusing on our foundation training year listeners today. This month, I caught up with one of the leading foundation training providers in the country, Marvin, Marvin Monzu. We had a little chat about the things that you need to do to prepare yourself for the exams. I think this was a really interesting lesson. As part of our help for students going into the exam, we've also created our foundation training room. This room has access to exam questions, to helps and tips, to information that you need for your exam. So please do make sure to have a look. You can find it on the CND website and the CND community. It's just a room just for foundation students filled with other students so you can communicate. If you have any questions, feel free to post it in the comment section you have community leaders that can have a look and answer your questions and speak to you about anything that you're suffering with or any issues that you have going into the exams so do give that a try so let's tune in and listen to the conversation we had with marvin hello marvin hello nana how are you not too bad thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today how have you been anyway? I've been great. I've been great. I've just come back from holiday from Thailand. It's been amazing. But I've got a swimmer's <laughs> ear, so I'm really struggling to hear in one ear, but I'm pretty wait to be on here to do this with you. So That's I'm quite fine. excited. I'll try and shout as loud as I can. <laughs> I'll just start with a quick synopsis, really. So like, what made you do what you're doing now? So I'll say what made me do what I'm doing now is literally... Being pre-reg, as you mentioned, in our time that was pre-reg, we have to get used to training pharmacists. But a few years ago, <laughs> and this was, this was, I did, when was I pre-reg? Pre-reg at the time was in 2010, 2011. Ah, right. So that's me. quite a long time ago. It feels like just yesterday. I've been on the block for a long time now. So in a nutshell, Nana, what really pushed me to do it was just experiencing how challenging my pre-reg year was. Just not having enough support. Yeah, going through that experience, a challenging time trying to find out easy ways to study, trying to balance leaving university, dealing with how do you manage your time? How do you build relationships yeah. at work at the same time? It's just a lot of changes that university doesn't prepare you for. And once you leave university, you've got this excitement. You think you're just walking into this lovely world of, I'm going to be training pharmacies. I'm making more money. Everyone's going to respect me. I'll be like the top dog in the pharmacy. Yeah, the surprise is <laughs> and, and then after about one week of working, the reality kicks in that, you know, it's not as gloomy as it looks. <laughs> you're literally slaving away, right? Your feet hurt. Your feet hurt. <laughs> you know, you're working hard. You know, no one really respects in the pharmacy as such, the staff, because you're just the student <laughs> That has no experience there's higher expectations how much you don't know <laughs> they talk about you all the time so it was so it was just a whole eye opener for me and then what happened was since i had a very challenging training year but at the end i made it i passed so that's what drove me because i just said once that happened i was just going to take my experience and then just help as many students as i can and that's how i got into this i used to do a lot of motivation i used to travel around universities motivating the students and I wrote a book at the time, which was very popular. So at the start, everyone knew me as this motivational speaker. Then I got invited ah. to a few pre-reg training companies to give talks. But these were motivational talks, had nothing to do with clinical or training on the content. It was just motivation. 
So whilst I was doing that, then um, I just noticed I wanted to take it further. So I thought not only motivating them, I, I could also help them to um, understand clinical better. I could help them with calculations. I could help them with MEP. And then my goal was to look for new ways of learning because I always used to get bored with a lot of black and white literature. So I thought, let me just make it fun, make it colorful, you know, bring a whole different energy into the scene. So the way I teach, the way I talk and everything, my accent is different. Everything is different. So I thought bring all of this together and then make it so exciting for students, make it fun. And then, yeah, that's how I started. And that's how um, we got to where we are today. I have to say, like, one thing I do notice about your teaching style is very motivational. It's very high tempo and it keeps your attention. Yeah. Was this something that you came about just through doing your motivational speaking and you just thought, put it into your, your teaching style? And it worked. Yeah, because everything I do now, I always try to put myself in another person's shoes. So when I look at students or the trainees right now, I say to myself, when I was a trainee, what did I want? I always hated boring lectures. Yes. Life is so stressful as it is. <laughs> After working, you don't want to go back to another boring lecture, sitting down in a webinar for another two hours of someone with a monotone, boring. You don't want yeah. that. The reason why people come to me is because they want you to facilitate the journey for them. Uh, they need some fun. They need some excitement. You want to take all this content, this clinical content, and make it fun. Like enjoyable, yes. they could laugh in the meantime, there's high energy, there's motivation. I noticed that by doing all of these things, it increases your understanding. So when you start thinking, I'm not just learning or studying, I'm actually having fun. But in the process, I'm learning so much. It's better <laughs> so, to remember it. So well, yeah, just for myself, yeah. the one I like studying, so I just had to transfer that energy. But I've done a lot of NLP. I don't know if you've heard of NLP, Neural Linguistic Programming, Anthony Robbins. I've been to a lot of motivational sessions. So I just use all of that to just help students pass. That's a really interesting way to look at studying. Did you work as a pharmacist yourself then whilst you were doing this? Yes, I did my period with Lloyd's Pharmacy. Long, long time ago, <laughs> 2011. <laughs> and then once I passed, I worked for one year as a locum. Mm-hmm. And then the way things worked out for me, I became a superintendent pharmacist within two years of graduating. So my second yeah. year, I was now a superintendent pharmacist, pharmacy manager. And I was working in this pharmacy for the last 10 years as pharmacist manager, superintendent. It's only in the last seven months that I left to focus full time on period shortcuts. So I've been building period shortcuts and then in the last seven months, I thought, you know what, I need to take things up a notch now. I'm now fully self-employed, work on period shortcuts and literally just bringing the best, the energy and everything for the trainees. So I worked for 10 years as um, pharmacy manager, superintendent pharmacist. This was with Day Lewis Pharmacy. It used to be a different pharmacy at the time, it was called them um, community pharmacists. Yeah. Then they sold that to Day Lewis. So I've always been a community pharmacist, managing everything, you know, dealing with all the pressure, all the stress in the pharmacy, an exciting journey for me. Then I worked, and that's why I was a manager as well. And I, I worked a lot with the BBC, a lot of media, pharmacy, going out to universities and everything. So I was doing quite a lot. You still are doing quite a lot. <laughs> well done, Andrew. Congratulations on the new company and base going full time. Like we're talking about your teaching style and we talk about how motivational you are and how much enthusiasm you put into it. Do you find that from the student's perspective, this is a way for them to remember things easier because it's fun. And also in a way you're competing with like social media like. So instead of picking up your Instagram, do you find it challenging to like keep their attention in that? 
To be honest, like, I don't find it challenging at all because I've been doing it for such a long time. And as I said, for me personally, I think like anyone that joins my course, or if you read about reviews, because there are lots of reviews, got over a hundred and something on, on um, Trustpilot. Uh, but the main thing I always say is the best way to learn is to have fun in the process. Right? That is the best way to learn. It's just like when you're working out and you're trying to lose weight and all of it. The moment if you're trying to work out, lose weight, and it's painful. But when you're enjoying yeah. the process where you have this training body with you, you're seeing results, it's exciting, you've got a good trainer, then all of a sudden, you know, you're not losing, you're, you're not working out. You're literally having fun. And in, in the process of having fun, you sort of lose weight, right? And so that's the same mentality that I have. Like when I get all these students, I listen, um, everyone is scared of this whole pre-reg, training pharmacy, all this stuff to learn and pass the exam, this whole GPS exam. And so I just give that, I just change the mindset and just get them into level where listen, we're having fun. But hey, guess what? In that process of having fun, you're going to be learning so much. And so we use a lot of mnemonics. I use a lot of stories to them. There's a lot of banter going on. Uh, my energy is high because to keep people going for two hours or three hours, sometimes they don't even want to leave. Right? I do sessions for like two hours. They want to go for the next three hours. And then the next thing is, like, you know when you go like to the cinema and you watch this movie, it's like three hours, but the movie is so good. At the end of the movie, you're like, gosh, have I been here for three hours? I thought it's only about 30 minutes. That's the same thing I try to do as well. So I know all the techniques about engaging people. My notes are very colorful, short lines. I'm cracking jokes, getting engagement, getting them to interact, <laughs> or the asking questions, just doing different things. So because of that, it just keeps them going. That sounds like a really fun um let's I might have to redo my pre-reg, but I don't want to do that. But you know, I'll tell you what, right? Because this is what I'm I'm getting a lot of um pharmacies that actually mm. try and want to join this this course. And and the whole reason yeah. is because it's just again, I said you need to always update your knowledge, isn't it? Keep yourself fresh. By the same time you're a busy man, you come up from the pharmacy, you don't want to do a whole course again. So because they're all live webinars, they're very interactive. That's another thing I do as well. They're, very, they're all mostly live webinars. So there's a lot of interactions, listening to it. And as a pharmacist, it's all up to date. And yeah, it's great. I would join my course if I could. I would, really, <laughs> I would. I'm going to ask a bit of a tricky one. So basically, we all, like you said, you had a quite a tough foundation year, pre-reg year. We all have varying um, levels of pre-reg. And we know that these students at the moment in that situation will probably have loads of questions and loads of misgivings about what it's like. How would you say the best way to, I put survive, but I don't want to use that word, but basically to get through your foundation year, what is the best advice or practices that you should? So there's different things. I like giving things in steps. <laughs> I just, having steps is easy for people. So this, this is what I always say. I'll just give you about three simple steps. I'm trying to think of my head here. So in terms of the steps, I think the first thing you want to do is start early. And I'm saying this because I worked with students that did so well in one exam. It was, the most, it was probably the most difficult exam at that time with the GPHC, where the questions were so long-worded, and many students were struggling with that exam. I can't remember, a few, year, few years ago. But I had a group of students that did extremely well. Like, they literally aced the exam, and they finished about 30 minutes before time and walked out the exam. So I was like, what did these guys do differently? So when I spoke to them, I found out they started studying very early. So I always tell people, the moment you start your period, you need to start early because this exam is all about repetition in terms of reading. You need to go through stuff a few times. You cannot go through stuff if you don't have time to. Many people wait till like after January. So for me, it's number one, start early. And then number two, you need to have a plan. <laughs> Failing to plan is planning to fail. Right? So you need to have a plan from day one and have that discipline. 
that. So that's my first thing. You start early. Number two, have a plan. Number three, which most people take for granted is what you and I did at university. Most of us passed exams because we worked with friends. Well, or you had that friend that you studied the night before and then you learned something from them and you went to the exam and that came up. <laughs> it turned up. That yeah. literally, exactly happened to me. Exactly. Like the night so, before the pre-rage, yeah. the friend comes and goes, oh, you know, the CD requirement, how much? Did you, how long do you have to keep the CDs for? Yes. And I was like, wait, I've done this. And literally I sat down, that question came word for word. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> And we basically, we, we both like looked across at each other. And we go, just yeah! like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> there were like a lot of other questions, but that question, that question like, like when you guys yeah. came out of the exam, you're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but it's a great feeling, isn't it? It's, it's such a good feeling. So that's what I do as well. It's like what, one thing I do is I bring a community together. So it's not just the course. It's all about a community. So it's having those people. So we do all of that online because we have like a Telegram group. So I try to build those relationships. It's so essential. Some people prefer starting on their own, but you gain a lot by working with others. So the next, so my next step would be get into a group. It might be one person or two people. Be part of something, a group, because it's going to help you a lot. Especially you see in pharmacy, you have hospital trainees, you have those in community, you have those in industry. They all have different experiences, right? So by working with different students, you just learn so much. I am going to put in a plug here for the CND community. So this is a new place that we're setting up and it's kind of exactly what you're saying. So yeah. not just for foundation here, but for all pharmacists, because it's something that we all tend to do. And we kind of get insulated once we qualify in just being in our shops or in our company. Yeah. And I think the CND community would be a good place to get people mingling, talking to each other, forming new connections, forming new networks. So just a little plug there for what Marvin was saying. Go on, CND friends. community, everyone needs to listen up. <laughs> let's, let's join that CND community. But no, I'm all about <laughs> communities because I think the world is changing a lot. Like a lot is changing, especially with us traditional sort of professions. Things have to change. Yeah. People need to interact with human beings and a community. That's why I moved from this tribe. I don't even like talking about our course anymore as a course. We started off as a course, but we are a community as a community, and that makes a difference. And it's the only way we're going to move the profession forward because if we all stay in our insulated traditional mindsets, we're going to get left behind. We're and get, it's, yeah, it's a we're way to... Left behind, you, definitely. You need a community. So, do, so be part of this community, and that's going to help you. And then, yes, I... And then I said, the main thing is you need to just have good resources. You don't necessarily have to be in a course. People get surprised when I say that because I do a course, but I'm, I'm probably the most <laughs> open person, right? I tell people you don't have to join a course to pass, right? You don't need to be on any of the shortcuts course or any of these. We can help facilitate journey for you, but as long as you got your right recommended resources, get the right ones, right? So you have your NICE guidelines, you have your BNF, you have the right calculations. You don't need too many resources. If you have that, you have a little good support network, You've got a good plan and you're disciplined enough to stick to that plan. Forget all those distractions on social media and everything. Then <laughs> you're there. You're literally going to pass. <laughs> That's really good advice there. So when I used to teach, I used to find that there are people with different learning styles. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to a student that's going through their study now? How do they find their learning style? How should they learn really? So I've got a video on YouTube. And I think I've got so many videos on YouTube. I've got over a hundred and something. I just keep I just keep putting out content out there to help students. <laughs> and it's so interesting because one of the videos that I did recently was just about this because no one really teaches us how to learn. 
will just go to university and you think you've passed an exam at school or university. But the pre-reg year or the foundation, it's a whole different ball game. Right, because what we're doing back in those days, we're just cramming, right? The night before the exam, you put all that in your head. If they gave you the same exam the next day, you move from like 100% to 40%. <laughs> you have those modules that you never wanted to see again. So once you pass them, you're done. But the foundation here is different because all of these things are important. Right? You're going to be a pharmacist. You're going to apply that knowledge. So it's not just knowing that you need to apply the knowledge. So what I do is I try to use all different styles when I teach. Right? So I have many people that are like probably visual. I'd like to see things. That's why I have a lot of pictures going on. You have people that are like obviously auditory. They want to hear things. So my tone of voice, <laughs> everything changes. I could emphasize certain things are important. I could try to get them engaged through that way. I use a lot of mnemonics as well. I notice how many of the trainees love the mnemonics. So good ways to remember things. I've got a video, for instance, everything, all the side effects of digoxin. You can remember two kidneys. There's just loads. If I go through them, then loads of mnemonics, they help a lot of trainees. And then also I'd say you need to teach. You learn better when you teach. So you could teach your dog. You could sign for the mirror. <laughs> you can do some, that's a different learning style. I <laughs> do anything, just teaching. And then um, also another thing I do with the students is, yes, some of them we could print out. We have a lot of material where you could print things out, you could highlight, you mm -hmm. go through that. We've got videos. Some people just want to watch the video, the auditory. So we have all your senses being stimulated on um, the, way, the way we deliver the course, which is very important for me. And it's just about you finding how, which way works best with you to remember stuff, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so I try to give them everything and then people can identify, oh, this is my style. I see most people, what I get a lot of feedback I get from the students is they just love it. They love that style of it's um, engaging, it's um, simplified, the notes are easy and colourful, very few things on a slide. So I've got loads of slides, but very few things straight to the point. I've got like overviews going on there. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's what you need. It's what you need to learn. I'm going to get to the point where I think any pre-reg listening will really be interested in really, um, which will be your top tips for the exam. Okay. So exam day, what should the students do? For exam day. So what I normally do is um, one thing that I stress a lot about, and I think most people don't, I don't know why we don't do this, but we need to do this more in pharmacy. You see like this exam, you've got two parts of it, right? So you've got the whole content that you learn. That's good, right? But the part that we miss out that people don't focus on is the mental side, right? Many people first exam because remember times when like you, you studied for an exam, the night before you've learned something, You've gone to the exam, that thing has come up, and for some reason you've forgotten it. And it's gone. You go like it's gone. <laughs> and the only way you've come out of the exam, you're like, oh, now it starts coming back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I see, and I know you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. We can relate to this. Oh, everyone has been there. We're like, I knew this. I knew this word for word the day before the exam. And I'm sat in front of the paper and not a single one of these words are coming. Yeah. You, you don't know, I was, I was even doing because I do a lot of like coaches well with trainees. Another trainee, she was so good on our Telegram group. She was like the one helping everyone with calculations. She was the best at calculations. You know, she went into the exam. She was teaching a lot of students the day before the exam, showing them how to do things. She went into the exam and she froze. She failed the <sighs> exam. So you ask yourself, why did you fail? It's not like you did not know the stuff because obviously you knew the stuff. So what happened? It was your state of mind. Right, I'd have the stress, anxiety, exam technique. And that's the part that we don't focus on. So on my training, that's I make it. sure that I have to incorporate that part because you can learn as much as you want, 
But if you're not in the right state of mind, if you're anxious on everything, you're going to fail that exam. Right? You're going to freeze. Just like you see someone and you see patients that you know the name, but for some reason you've just forgotten the name. You're like, gosh, what's his name? Oh my gosh. And they're going to hide at the back and tell a dispenser to give it out. Because they're embarrassed. And they call you by your name. They go, hey, Nana, how are you, mate? You think you're all good. Hello, sir. <laughs> so I'm like, what's happening? So you need to realize that your brain, you need to know how to pull out that information, how to be in the best state. How would you how would you tell a student to come out of that like when they get to that state? Right. So what I normally do is with all of them, before you even start to get to the exam, so leading all the way into the exam, you need to know what will stop you from passing the exam. Right? Is it anxiety? Is it stress? You start to prepare yourself for that. So it could be doing exam press under time conditions, imagining yourself, doing like little test runs, wake up with your heart beating, start those questions, start practicing. Then I also have certain things that you say to yourself. The reason why most of us get scared is because we say to ourselves, I'm not good enough, right? This question is going to come up. Oh my gosh, it's going to be the most difficult exam ever. All those difficult questions are those are going to come up. So I started to help students to realize the other side of things that this exam, for instance, in June, specifically in June, you've always had over 70% pass rate. More students have always passed the exam in June than failed the exam. Yeah. So you start thinking about things that way. And then you also think... If you look at even those that failed the exam, and I've done that with a lot of trainees, most of them, and I've seen the reasons why they failed, it's not because the exam was hard. They don't tell you it was so difficult for me. It was either I had personal issues going on, I started revising so late, is these are the things that make people fail, or I just misread a question. And also when I analyzed and saw why many students failed, they only failed by one or two or three marks, very few marks. They always send me emails all the time. So you have to change your mind frame and start to look at things that way. And then the next is obviously believing yourself. We teach them how to just stay positive. When you're writing that exam, um, rather than saying to yourself, in an exam, I'll give you, for instance, Nana, you won't even believe it. But most students, when I ask them this question, they get shocked. In the exam itself, you can fill a number of questions and still pass. You don't need to get everything right. So it doesn't matter. Yes. Most people get scared because they're thinking, gosh, if I fill one question and I fill two questions, or oh, I can't answer the third question, I give up then. I'm going to fill this exam. The panic begins. <laughs> but in calculations, you could fill up to about 14 questions in some exams based on the plasma and still pass. In clinical, yeah. you could fill up to about 40 questions and still get that 70%. Mm -hmm. So it's just having that confidence, knowing that it doesn't matter if you fill one or two, be confident, keep going, and um, you're going to smash it. The day of the exam itself, I always tell people, don't start learning new stuff. Just have your flashcards. <laughs> Relax. Have some yes. sleep. <laughs> you have to. Use whatever you've used in the past to help you. Some people are spiritual, believe in something. Mm -hmm. That's when you want to spend time meditating, pray, believe in yourself, have positive messages. On the day of the exam, when you're going to the exam, rather than going through all these notes and trying to read things last minute is too late, have something relax relaxing. I always used to find it, even throughout uni, so stressful with my friends and like with my classmates that would, just before the exam, be looking at notes. And I'm like, for me, if I read something then that I didn't know, that would be panic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So just before the exam, it's, it's only things that I already know that I know. Yeah. I don't want to pick up anything new. So that is a really good point about learning new information. I never got why people did that. Part, what about the other part where people do an exam, paper one, and come out and start discussing the answers? Oh, I leave. I <laughs> 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 you, 
at the end of an exam, you will not see me. No. I don't want gone. stress in my life. Gone. I'm gone. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything. So these things are important, right? And people do these things. And, and these are the things that make you fail. I make you anxious. You yeah. come after paper one and everyone's like, oh gosh, it was this it was this answer, the answer. You don't even want to do paper two. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you know what you do, you're done. You the wrong answer as well. No matter what answer you think, as soon as people start discussing it, you always think your answer was wrong. Yeah. And most of these people are wrong, actually. <laughs> exactly. Right? Imagine you think you think you, you actually think that you were wrong and then you've messed up, you think you messed up paper one. These guys were actually the wrong guys, but now you've you messed up your head and then you mess up paper two. <laughs> I always used to tell my students, I'm like, they are not the ones marking your paper. Yeah. The people outside saying this answer and that, they are not the ones marking your paper. You've done your paper. You've done your paper and that's it. And you and you got to believe yeah. in yourself, right? Once it's done, it's done. And I'll say, to, and that's why I say to one of my students, listen, if there's anything that you've not learned the, the day before the exam, day on the exam, forget about it. There's no point. What you want to do instead is just get more confidence with what you already know. Right? And just hold on to that because no point trying to learn new things and mess yourself up. So just go in there thinking, fine, what is done is done. And you think many people pass this exam, right? I'm talking about the June exam, right? They put lower pass rates in November. But when you look at the June exam, so many people still pass the exam. So you just have to believe in yourself. Go in there, give 100%. And um, yeah, that's that's my tip. We've talked about like state of mind, going in there with the right tools and making sure that don't discuss any new topics before you go in. One thing that I used to get a lot from like students and like pre-regis, when I used to train pre-regis into going to the exam, was we've done the anxiety and everything. It was basically the question that they'd always ask is, what should I learn? Like, is there anything that I shouldn't focus on, on the, in the BNF? Is there anything that I shouldn't waste my time on? Right, people come to me because they want to know what should I learn? <laughs> I yeah. can't learn everything. <laughs> what should I learn, yeah. right? So I always have strategies and I always say this. So the first thing I want to do is start from the GPT framework. Mm-hmm. In order for you to know what to learn, you need to know what the GPH is looking for, right? So there are many people that are asking, what do I need to know? But they've never looked at what the GPH is saying they're going to test you on. So it starts from the GPH framework. Out of that GPH framework, there's quite a lot of stuff. The second thing you need to do is you need to, and this is where people get this wrong, you need to look at some past papers even before you start studying because you need to know what questions. Many people don't do this. What they do is they study, read, 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 get to the end, and then start asking past questions like, oh my gosh, I have to go all the way back now because I didn't know this is what the questions were, this is what they're asking, I need to go back, and it's just a waste of time. So what you do is before you even start, you, you think, okay, fine, I'll go to that GPT framework, number one. And then I'm going to take a couple of past papers, right? And you have some, some students, they have loads of them now where students have finished the exam and they've written down the things that have come up in the GPS exam, right? So you want to look at what sort of questions the GPS ask. So if I'm going to do something and I can give you off my head certain things that come up all the time, there are patterns to this exam, <laughs> right? There are patterns, there are trends, there are things that are repeated in this exam. And I've done this so many years, so I know what I'm talking about. So I'll give examples. So if you're going to study one, for instance, if I look at clinical anticoagulants, you always, always mm-hmm. have questions on your yeah. DOAX, right? You're always, you're having loads and loads on those. So there's certain areas, your, your high-weighting topics, which I call your nice chapters, they're not that nice, but mm-hmm. I call them nice because N is for nervous <laughs> system. Nana, let me, let me give a taste of the course a little bit. How about that? <laughs> I'm going to teach Go you a little bit, Nana, while I'm talking to you. So this is how I get excited. This is how I get excited. So start with your nice chapters. Now, your nice chapters, N is for nervous system, I is for infections, C is cardiovascular, 
is for endocrine. You wouldn't forget that now, Nana, would you? <laughs> Never. No. It's there now. <laughs> that, now, that's how we teach, right? So, your nice chapters. Start with those ones, right? Go through those ones. And then, you have your meeting waiting chapters. You need to go through those as well. So, these are obviously the bulk of your exam. Right? And then, you obviously have your low waiting. So, most people know it's, I'm going to do the high waiting. I'm going to do the medium waiting. I'm going to do lower waiting. But in your high waiting, you need to know the areas that also get tested a lot. Right. So all of this, the strategies for them. So I would say definitely a general, just to give a general thing is look at your high weighting, your medium weighting. But the best way for you to know what gets tested in those chapters is to look at some past questions before you even start. And then you during those past questions, you'll then see patterns that generally come up in some areas. And those areas you need to make sure you know them so well. So I know exactly if I took you through the cardiovascular system. I know what sort of areas you definitely want to focus on. Even and, and I have students come to me and like two months before the exam, they've not read anything. And go like, gosh, Marvin, how can you? I worked with students. I had even on YouTube, I got a YouTube video with Payal, and she came to me like about probably seven weeks before the exam. And I have many mm-hmm. situations where I have to take care of you. I need to do something for you. It's not an ideal situation because you should have started earlier to be a better pharmacist. But if someone comes to me and says, help me, I'll go on eight weeks, then I can show them exactly, okay, these are some sort of areas that you want to definitely make sure you know. Get your calculations going, because without calculations, mm-hmm. you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you could pass away, but you want to fill those calculations, you're not going to pass. So you have to do a certain number of calculations every single day. I always encourage them to do a certain number every day. I even have things down to even how many questions you should be doing a day if you want to pass the exam. Down to the two. <laughs> I, I could tell you, I could tell you what it is. I've got a lot of information all on that. I could tell you exactly how many questions you need to do every single day if you're going to pass this exam at the end. I could tell you exactly um, cardiovascular what comes up. We will have a link to all of Marvin's um, teaching. <laughs> There's just so much. There's see. so much. Yes. I'm sure if, if we wanted him to tell us everything, he would. But this podcast has to end. <laughs> this podcast has to end, yes. <laughs> Before I do let you go, though, I do have one question that you don't usually get asked this in pre-regs or in foundations. is what do you do after the exam? After the exam. Once you've finished the exam, you've written your paper, you have that law before the results come out. Yeah. How should you actually go through that? All right, so one, what I would say is once you finish the exam, you need to forget about the exam. Good point. <laughs> That's the first thing. Just forget about the exam, it's done. What you want to start focusing mm. on is getting some of your life back. Because remember that you've gone through months of just not living at all. Probably sacrifice a lot of time with your family, not spend time with them. Yeah. So to me, this is the time when once you finish the exam and you're waiting for your results, it's make up some of that lost time. Spend time doing what you like. You've probably not eaten properly f- for a long time. You've not slept for a long time. Get your health back. It's important. Relax, spend yeah. time with family. And then also start planning the next steps. So if you're, just imagine, think about yourself as passing. Look at two ways. If I fail, what will be next? So if I fail, you want to be preparing for maybe the exam in November. So you look at it as an option, but most of the time, just think about positive. Just think you're going to pass. So what are you going to do? If you knew 100%, you're going to pass that exam, what would you be doing? So if I knew 100% I'm going to pass the exam, I'm going to start enjoying myself now. <laughs> My family waiting, and they're already looking at what I'm going to do once I've passed. Am I going to go into locoming? Am I going to you know, work with a company? Just look at all those things. But in that time, just enjoy yourself. And then once you get those results, hey, you're ready to do whatever you wanted to do. <laughs> no better words have been said. 
Thank you very much for your time, Marvin. I've really enjoyed this conversation. We are trying to set up our foundation room on our community. Marvin will be a member. So if you do join the community, if you have any questions or if you have anything you want to discuss, Marvin should be there so you can shoot your questions to him. Also in the blurb, we will have contacts and a link into Marvin's pharmacy shortcuts. Yeah, pre-read shortcuts, yeah. Are you going to stick with pre-read or are you going to go for foundation? Do you know, I thought about that, you know, but everyone, <laughs> that is the thing when you're doing a business, isn't it? Changing the name from, I'll just stick to pre-read shortcuts. Foundation, yeah, shortcuts sounds too long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the GPC made a, that, the decision that it will always be a pre-read, won't it? I know, it's, I know, I know. I'm, I'm old school. I'll always be old school. I always stick to pre-read. So we will have a link to pre-read shortcuts. You can have a look at Marvin's video and his content and like I said he will be in the CND community so if you want to get in touch with him you will find him there Marvin thank you so much for your time today I've really enjoyed this conversation can I just add as well Nana I'm really really proud of what you're doing and I really like the direction and things you're doing so I'm always here to support keep doing what you're doing let's do this together and help as many people as we can but keep going thank you so much thank you This is the end of our interview. Hopefully we'll meet again and we'll have another conversation soon. Thank you very much for your time, Marvin. You too. Take care.